Hey there, it's Ryan from Suck My Fanfic. In advance of what we imagine will be a very lucrative season two, Alex and I have been pouring boatloads of cash into technological advances for the podcast. Now, I don't want to give anything away, but it's going to be amazing. It's the reason everybody's fired up this season. Now, today, as is usual, we have an episode hosted by a fellow podcast. But today, as is not usual, these guest hosts took it upon themselves to write an original fanfic for us. The podcast today is hosted by, which I'm sure you already know by now from the title, unless you're illiterate, in which case you've found the perfect media outlet, our dear friends at Drinkopedia. Now, Drinkopedia is hosted by Matt, Audra, and Jason, and it is a podcast where one of the hosts has a week to learn all about two topics, then gets sometimes sloppy drunk, and tries to teach the other two all about it. It's great fun. They're a really good friend of the show. They're awesome, fun people, so definitely go check that out if you haven't right now. Also, just a note, at one point Matt says that he's taken the progressive step to not name an Italian character Mario. Um, Don't pat yourself on the back too hard there, buddy, because you did end up naming him Tony. Offensive stereotypes aside, please enjoy what I consider to be a phenomenal episode of Suck My Fanfic from two-thirds of the Drinkopedia podcast. Bye, guys. Amazing, so amazing, ooh, get drunk on Drinkopedia, they're amazing. Hello and welcome to Suck My Fanfic. This is not the voice of Alex or Ryan. This is Matt from Drinkopedia. And this is Audra, also from Drinkopedia. Also not Alex nor Ryan. (laughs) Sorry about it. We are usually a three-person podcast, but Jason could not be here today. He is here in spirit and I will attempt to sort of give some of my reactions to any fanfic reads, like how he would, just to kind of balance things out a little. So you're going to fall off your chair? Yep. And request that I pick you up and then insult me for not picking you up correctly. Yep, that's exactly what I'll do. Cool, cool, cool. It's no secret that we're massive fans of Suck My Fanfic, so it's absolutely great to be doing this. And it's great to have this opportunity to talk fanfiction with you, Audra. Oh, I'm so excited. How do you feel about fanfiction? I have positive feelings towards fanfiction. Nice. Um, I had a very active Tumblr era. (laughs) Um... I went on a first date with someone once who inadvertently mentioned a Harry Potter fanfic where science, where magic is science. That was it, was it me? It was not (laughs) you. Um, Things obviously didn't work out with that person, but it did get him a second date. Yeah, that's, I was going to say, that's like, sounds like perfect. Mm -hmm. Magic was chemistry and I was getting a chemistry degree. It was adorable, but doomed to fail. (laughs) How about you? How are you feeling about the fanfic? Fan, I, I love fanfic. I wouldn't say I'm an active part of the community or have ever been, um, but I've sort of grown fond of it through Suck My Fanfic. Oh, uh, yeah. Getting to hear a couple of new fics every week. It's, mm-hmm. it's just great. Uh, I wrote a lot of fanfic when I was a kid. Uh, the first things I wrote were like Lord of the Rings fan fiction and stuff. 
Why am uh, I not surprised? <laughs> I was just massively inspired by this idea that there's like this whole map that Tolkien has, but there are whole areas that haven't had stories written about them. So mm-hmm. I should write stories. At least that's what 10, 11 year old me thought. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, I Now I just kind of write it like for a joke, which sounds bad, but like I've written one for today's episode mm-hmm. and I wrote one, uh, the Finding Noama one. Um mm-hmm. Which was but, in both Alex and Ryan's top three. Yes, it was. Uh, Matt will not toot his own horn. I will toot his horn. Both this way and also we're married. <laughs> I toot his horn. Um, in the spirit of Drinkopedia, our usual podcast, we have got ourselves a drink each. And if you don't mind, I'd kind of like to start with the fanfic that I've written, especially for this yes. episode. Yes, please. <laughs> I know that Alex and Ryan are Neil Gaiman fans. Ooh. The two of us have just read american gods Ooh. uh watched uh the tv series as well it's first two seasons not quite as good as the book um but the first season's great yeah first season was good uh american gods yep very good i've decided to write uh in in the book they have these chapters that are called coming to america and it explains how different gods arrived in america in the hearts and the minds of the people Mm-hmm. So I've written my very own one of those. Uh, tried to emulate the style of Neil Gaiman, probably failed massively. But it's fine. Read me your art. Present me your worship. <laughs> <clears throat> Coming to America. The boat set sail from southern Italy in the spring of 1883. That winter had been yet another lean and impoverished one for Luca Bianchi, and so he had finally decided to make the trip to the new world. The death of his eldest brother had almost certainly been the final straw. If a strong, warm-hearted and well-liked man could be taken by the same disease that had fallen on his elderly father and two frail sisters a year prior, what hope was there for anyone? Mm. For that's what Luca needed more than anything else, a chance to succeed. More than food in his belly or a roof over his head, Luca needed hope sad boy but also such a hopeful boy (laughs) at around the halfway point of the 12-week journey across the atlantic one of the cooks fell ill and was to quote the first mate assigned to making the announcement sent to his quarters to recover for the duration lol he died that means that he they in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. they threw him overboard is that or they opened a porthole (laughs) and like pushed him out forced forced him out forced his fleshy body out luca knew a lie when he heard one and knew for certain that the cook had died. See, yep. Go. I'm not going to do... I've got some dialogue in this. I don't know how I feel about doing voices. Don't every, do voices. Because everyone would have an Italian accent, so I might just more do the tone, but keep my own voice. I don't know. Yeah. We need some more help in the kitchens. You'll be paid a fair wage and compensated upon your arrival in New York. Luca had been a kitchen apprentice in his old life. He hadn't yet decided who or what he was going to be in the new world, just that he wouldn't be a cook. There has to be something different, he thought. There has to be something else. A little hope beyond the candlelight of below-deck work. Still, the boredom of being aboard a cheap passenger ship was getting to Luca, and what harm was there in earning a few extra dollars to help feed the hope that was waiting for him on the other side? What a sweet boy. I want all the things for him. Much like when I read American Gods, Mm -hmm. like even the ones where they weren't great people, I'm like, wow, she's got gumption. (laughs) So A lot of spunky characters in American Gods. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Luca soon found that his duties consisted entirely of making pasta. 
a simple, repetitive task that he had much experience with during his apprenticeship. He was small for his age and lacking in muscle, so he kept his head down around some of the more intimidating crew members. All he did for the next several weeks was make pasta and listen. Oh my god. So this will be my eighth trip, Luca heard the chief cook say to one of his crew. So you can quit your whining and go easy on the salt. We need to make it last. The chief cook clapped the kitchen worker around the back of his head. It was halfway between something playful and a genuine strike. A slap made with the sort of force that commands respect. Luca subconsciously lowered his head further as he focused more intensely on the strands of noodles he twisted in his hands. Noodles. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it all, the chief cook continued to no one in particular. All those sorry souls up there searching for a new life in the new world, where everything is better than the villages back home. But a lot of pig shit, a lot of it. Luca felt a spike of anger in the back of his mind. As one of the aforementioned sorry souls, he wanted to defend his position. He wanted to tell the chief cook about his father and his frail sisters and his capable brother who had withered away in his prime. He wanted to tell the cook that the idea of hope is better than no hope at all, but he didn't. Okay, question. Yes. Am I supposed to want this chief cook dead? Because I do. Uh, Immediately. He he sounds like an asshole. He does. One, because, like, the clap on the back is not, between everything, Mm -hmm. like, clapping a little bit too hard. I don't know. Living my life, I've, I've known as... As a woman, <laughs> I've known when people have said something like as a joke, but a little bit too intensely. Yes. So, you know, they mean it. So I feel like a clap on the back a little bit too hard. So, you know, that he means that he'll kill you mm-hmm. and that all your hopes are ruined. Like, I know everything and screw this guy. Yep. Hope he dies. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Luca kept his mouth shut. Instead, Luca kneaded the dough on the table with a little more force than normal. His rhythmic palms released a great amount of stress, and he thought about all of the reasons why the cook was wrong. Luca thought the word hope with every push of his thumbs, a new world with every twist of the now-formed pasta. There is hope in the new world, he told himself. It became almost like a mantra. Yes. Even if if it's the exact same as the world that you came from, Mm -hmm. like... Whatever it is. It's different. Sometimes you just need different. I'm yeah. really mad at this cook. At yeah. the chief <laughs> On, Honestly, that's going to be the uniting thread. Nice. Because maybe someone just needs a second chance at life. I'm really just glad that I don't have to be this cook and live with such a miserable person all the time. He said like two lines and I'm already hating it. <laughs> now, there were many noodles to get through each day. Enough to provide a basic meal to each man, woman and child on the ship. The job, combined with his thoughts of hope, became a daily ritual for Luca. The people above deck began to comment that the meals were filling their bellies more than they had at the start of the journey. Of course, they gave thanks to Jesus, Mary, and even Pope Leo XIII, but they did not offer thanks to Luca. One evening, about a week before their arrival in the harbours of New York City, Luca was cleaning the kitchen tables when the chief chef, a man he had come to know as Tony, stumbled into the galley. A man that he'd come to know as absolute (laughs) asshole. (laughs) Stumbled in. (laughs) He was drunk on wine from the captain's table, and he walked across the room toward Luca. He was drunk on power. (laughs) Pasta power. Luca could smell the alcohol in his stale breath. You ought to jump right off the side of this ship now, kid. You'll have a better chance of surviving there than the stinking place you'll end up. Luca furrowed his brow and began to clean with more purpose. Tony was harder to ignore without other kitchen workers present. It's always the same stories I hear at port about the hatred for our people. 
last in, first out. That's the way of the new world, the American way. So you can't tell, but these are Italian. <laughs> I'm doing oh, like a yeah. Northern English voice. That's just all the voices that you do yep. as like a voice. Yep. It's just Northern English because you are Cause, Northern cause English. Because that's my voice. I just don't want to offend anyone by doing like a mamma mia. You don't, you don't want to assume that all of these immigrants are Mario. Exactly. I, I, I could have called him Mario. Mm, but you didn't. And I appreciate that. <laughs> Last in, first out, that's the way of the new world, the American way. With each of Tony's derisive words, Luca saw the faces of his dying family members. Go to the new world, Luca. You're a smart kid. You'll have a better life. Go, Luca. There is a place for you there. There is hope. And then there's the Irish. No one hates us like the Irish. Tony continued to lecture his unreceptive audience of one. They were the new. Now it's us. Those damn mix should be thanking us. We took their heat ooh, away. Huh. Yeah, mix, right? Huh, Throwing a ooh, slur in huh, there. I, I hope he dies. <laughs> if, okay, I know that you wrote this fanfic. Could, hmm, don't do this. Okay. But if I were a very forceful person, I would make you stop and rewrite the end so that he dies. To make sure he dies? Yes. I guess we'll find out. <sighs> we took their heat away. And now a working Irishman stands a chance in America, all thanks to us, thanks to the blood of our brave countrymen. Tony put his arm around Luca in patriotic solidarity, a feeling that Luca did not share. Without thinking, Luca shrugged and pushed his boss away from him. Mm, That's an act of violence if you're a dick. There was a moment, one of those moments that appears to last a lifetime, but in fact is no longer than a few seconds, where Luca thought that Tony would surely beat him. And perhaps, in that short moment, Tony considered it. However, the effects of the wine had swung in Luca's favor. Because I'm assuming, because this is a coming to America Mm -hmm. story, I'm assuming that whatever God it is, he's attributing it. Luca is attributing it to the wine. Mm -hmm. But I am assuming that it is the God. That's that's me having read American Gods. Mm -hmm. That's me. I'm going to pretend that didn't happen, said Tony. But you're to stay here all night making tomorrow's pasta, or I'll dock your wages. You hear me, boy? I, you didn't let me touch you. That means you have to work more, <laughs> secretary. <laughs> Luca nodded obediently, thankful to not be receiving something worse than a clip around the ear. Tony stumbled up the stairs, muttering to himself as he left. Luca gathered flour and eggs and began to dirty the table he had just finished cleaning. Hope, he thought, as he combined the flour and the eggs. There is hope in the new world. Yeah, there fucking is, Luca. Yeah, there is. <laughs> As he began to shape and form the pasta, intrusive thoughts entered into his ritual. They were his own thoughts, but he heard them in Tony's drunken slurs. There's no hope in the new world. There's no hope. No hope in the new world. No hope. Luca finished the batch of fresh pasta at around three in the morning. He would need to be awake in two hours to assist in the breakfast preparations but he had lived on less back in Italy when he'd been taking care of his sick family. (laughs) I'm just crying. As Luca was about to extinguish the lamps, he heard a deep and booming voice from behind him. (gasps) Hope, the voice spoke. At first, Luca... Actually, you know what? Any guesses on which god this is that I'm writing about? Because it's coming from Italy, I would have said any of the Roman gods. Mm -hmm. But it's so much after the Roman gods... Yeah, it's like late 1800s. Yeah, and also you're a dick, so. (laughs) I am. I'm a known dick. (laughs) So I have zero 
Because I'm assuming it's a curveball. At first, Luca thought that the voice had come from within his own mind. But the more he thought, the more he realized it had been external. Before turning, he thought that perhaps Tony had returned to play a trick on him. But Tony's voice was not so deep. Luca looked over his shoulder to see ribbons of pasta spinning in the air above the table. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Have you got it? (laughs) Yep. It's the spaghetti monster. (laughs) He re... (laughs) He, <laughs> you did say you guessed curveball. It, it it is a curveball. Yeah. I'm I'm a dick. He reached for a lamp and quickly raised it in the direction of the shapes. He watched as the pasta formed into a solid shape. I shouldn't have used shape twice there. That's that's incorrect. Shh. He watched as the pasta formed into a solid shape, similar to a ball of yarn, before it span out into appendages. Uh. Eventually, the features of a friendly but commanding face began to form in the centre of the ball. Oh. Hope, the voice, once again spoke. I think I want to follow the spaghetti god. (laughs) This time it was clear that the voice was coming from the pastor entity in front of Luca. For whatever reason, likely confusion for the ridiculousness of the entire situation, Luca simply froze. Lack of hope is hope. Remember that, Luca. The young man stumbled backward upon hearing his own name. Who? What? What are you? The question barely escaped Luca's lips. I am the flying spaghetti monster. God. Jesus. Fuck. And your fading belief honours me greatly. A sudden acceptance washed over Luca's face as he relaxed his posture. Oh, I see. I'm hallucinating. I've been overworked. Yes, you have Luca. And you will continue to be overworked for the rest of your days in the new world. But I am no hallucination. Luca had no words, and so the pastor monster found them for him. I seek worship from those who want to believe, but who have found futility in their belief. You, Luca, have come to accept that everything you believed was a lie, before even seeing it for yourself, which is still faith, or should I say, a lack of faith built on a foundation of faith, which is a delicious flavor to consume, I can assure you. I think I do follow the spaghetti god. <laughs> like, it, I should really look into what the afterlife looks in spaghetti uh, monster. Pro- loads of meatballs, I reckon. Oh, God. We just went vegetarian. This is a weird situation for me <laughs> to find myself in. What, what do you want of me? Luca asked this question without thought. This hallucination, this vision, was speaking to him on a level he could not comprehend. All he could think to do was serve. Do what you've been doing, Luca. Feed my flesh to the people of this ship, and I shall fill them with your faith, as I have filled them throughout this voyage. Do this, Luca, and you shall be rewarded in the new world. Their bellies were more full. And with that, the noodles fell to the table, and Luca rested. The following evening, the bellies of those aboard the ship were once more filled with the pasta Luca had made. He watched as the people were thankful once more. There was a buzz of celebration on board that night as the first mate announced that they were five days from arriving in New York City. The vomiting began the next morning. It was mild at first, but soon people were spewing blood all over the side of the ship. Oh my god, this is not a... okay. The majority of the crew remained in good health, but nearly three quarters of the immigrants aboard died within 48 hours of ingesting their final meal. Luca, however, remained in perfect health. He had eaten the very same pasta, but he was spared... And so he gave thanks to his pastor oh. God, while simultaneously cursing his name for taking the lives of his countrymen. Shit. That's a tense relationship with a God. If I've, That's a realistic relationship with a God <laughs> if I've ever seen one. 
To protect the health and well-being of those left alive, the bodies of the dead were simply tossed into the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. No burial, no ceremony. By the time Lucas saw the great Statue of Liberty, he was aboard a ghost ship. Due to the booming industry of New York, the factories were relying on the arrival of new workers from the old country. As so few people had arrived that week, Lucas soon found he had the pick of potential employers. He became an apprentice for a man involved in the insurance business, a business that involved collecting great amounts of money in order to provide security to those with something worth protecting. Oh. Before long, Luca rose to have an office of his own. He started a healthy family and purchased real estate across New York. Why do I think he's in the mafia? All while gathering a vast fortune from people who showed a lack of faith in others, or a lack of faith in the system, or simply a lack of faith in chaos or chance. Ooh, why do I really think he's in the mafia? Luca made sure to give thanks to his flying spaghetti monster every week, by making plates of fresh spaghetti for his family each Saturday. He did this into his old age, when he was a great-grandfather. Hope, he muttered, as he looked down at his old hands and kneaded the pasta dough. There's hope in the new world. Uh, very good. Thank you. Absolutely loved it. He's definitely in the mafia. Cri- oh, almost certainly that's how he spent his days. Criticisms. Tony should have died. Maybe he did in the puking thing. I wanted to hear it explicitly at length. I should have specified. I wanted to hear that. Second draft, I could do that. I- Thank you. Next time we're on Suck My Fanfic. <laughs> It's weird. I, I have like questions for you because I wrote it this morning and just haven't read it aloud. You're the first person who's hearing it. So I kind of want some feedback. I feel so special. Shoot. How does it, how is it, is it nice and similar to the other coming to America stories? Yes. It feels similar in them in that there's a little quirkiness like Neil Gaiman. Everything Neil Gaiman does is hella quirky. Mm-hmm. Um, but also has the foundations of is that the is that the like premise of the belief in the spaghetti god no that's entire that part is like entirely you, different it's because it, that well because it's like it's a parody religion yeah but does it have tenants does the parody it, religion have tenants i think it's more the what i tried to hit on which is that it's the it's faith but while having a lack of faith Cool. It's, it's religion for atheists. It's cool. you, don't, you don't believe in the thing and therefore you should believe in something ridiculous. Yes. And so that's cool. what I tried to do with that. So it holds true to the at least spirit of the tenants, um, spirit of the imagined tenants, whatever. Mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman does that with holding true to a lot of the tenants, even if they're undesirable. Yes. Of a lot of the gods and American gods. It's written in that way of like following a person and then the reveal of the god. And then a little bit after bit afterwards of here's the things that happened. Here's how them the God rooted itself in into America. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought his like the setup of him being rewarded with his pick of the jobs and then getting involved in insurance. Yeah, that was supposed to be like because insurance is like if you get insurance, everyone gets insurance and everyone should get insurance. But it's also it's a representation of a lack of faith in that you don't believe that this thing is going to hold. Ooh, that's juicy. And Um, so that's what I was trying to go for. But because you reacted that way just now, I don't think I got that across well in the writing. So I think on a second draft, I would have to make that more explicit. Well, I'm not exactly a very analytical reader, whatever, personal thing. Um, I just really liked that. I was like, why is he killing everyone on the ship? Oh, suddenly 
my boy has every job that he wants. Mm-hmm. Like has all the choice in the world because he doesn't have as much competition. Do you know what I should have done? <gasps> what? Instead of the line about the people praising uh, Jesus and Mary and the Pope, which was just who Italians would be praising at the time, I should have said that they were giving thanks to the new world and thanks to America. Like, oh. because that that shows that they have an absolute faith that this is going to be perfect. <gasps> Instead of the cynical faith yes. that What's-His-Face now has. But going back on myself, I don't know if I like the spaghetti god anymore. Mm-hmm. Because Tony is almost a prophet. Yeah. Tony is in a chosen one prophetic role because he's saying like, there's no hope and mm-hmm. sorry, <laughs> sacks of shit, whatever. <laughs> I, I do not know. But he's basically a prophet. Yeah, I suppose. In the oh, I guess it, it's like American Gods. It depends whether the beautiful thing about that book is that you can look at everything as a random incident that has happened or you can look at everything as fate. Yeah. Or the kind of the reason why I want to read it again at some point is mm-hmm. making the decisions on which things are just chaos and which things are fate. Yeah, which things are slid into place for a purpose, mm-hmm. either intentionally or just by the cosmic will. Yeah, because it's a book about gods, so there's lots yeah. of that going on. There's lots of talk of fate. Everyone, literally, everyone is a god, so yeah, everyone has the power of a god to slide fate in their favor. Mm-hmm. So when you have that many pieces doing the thing what is real yeah what and what, what is in, chaos what in the book was set up by a god what is just chance do you have any critiques or criticisms number one would be tony not dying very explicitly <laughs> like choking to death on noodles or something would be good like if if the pasta if the flying spaghetti monster had like sw- like not swam but floated oh yeah to undulated yeah undulated yeah, yeah. like he wakes up his eyes open and he's just like the spaghetti monster is over him. Just force feeding him pasta until he dies. Yes. Um, but then again, is Tony a prophet of the spaghetti monster spreading the good news about a lack of hope? That I guess maybe it's in the best. Maybe it's for the best. Maybe. Maybe. Um, that he isn't explicitly stated as dying. We'll never know. So that's a potential <laughs> criticism. Second potential criticism. We may have missed out on some quirky witticisms because the premise was quirky. I, yep. So in order to keep some structure, mm-hmm. you had to go fairly straight-laced with the rest of it yeah. because the god is out in the middle of nowhere. So I think Neil Gaiman would have done like a very serious god with a little bit more quirky wordings of how the things were happening. Yes. Um, But if you would have done weird god weird things happening it would have lost some structure it would have been more like terry pratchett (laughs) (laughs) so i just uh i started this off as a criticism but then turned it into a positive thing no it's fair but i I would say that that's a differing yeah i realized i couldn't make any of the humorous observations or comments Mm-hmm. because like you said it is a very silly premise yeah all of the gods that he introduces are based in re- grounded in yeah. not not reality but like historical reality if that makes sense yeah whereas pastafarianism and the flying spaghetti monster pastafarianism are like, yeah <laughs> they've been around since like what the 80s or something maybe yeah probs that seems 80s so it's like 
it, like you said, it's already a ridiculous premise. Yeah. And since it is based on the historical reality in the sense that these are documented works mm-hmm. that were worshipped as truth. Yes. Across the world. It gives it a sense of weight. Yes. And legitimacy mm-hmm. as a theology in and of itself. So that you can make a humorous comment. Like, so, I mm-hmm. mean, Mr. Nancy's coming to America story is kind of like that in that he says things mm-hmm. that are funny and humorous. Yeah. In uh, the in the show one, are you referring to? Oh, I think I am. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. his book one, they don't even call him by name. Yeah. If it's the same one. Yeah. But in the show one, there's a little bit of witticism. Dark humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good, but that you can only really get away with because everything else around it is super structured. Yes, and very serious. Yes. So that would be another criticism is that you can't really get as much of the Neil Gaiman witticism because the premise is a little off. Mm -hmm. Goofy. I am now going to respond in the, like, as if Jason was here. Oh! I'm going to be Jason responding to that. Yes. Matt, what? What'd you spend all the time writing that for? <laughs> what? That ah, I'm I haven't seen American Gods. I've seen I've seen Pokemon. I've seen <laughs> I've seen the Marvel movies. I've seen yeah, and I uh, watched the Dark Crystal very recently on Netflix. Check it out. Uh, but, Get Disney Plus. <laughs> but I'm I'm drunk. I'm gonna fall over and go watch American Gods probably, but not because it's not on Disney Plus. That, I think that's how he would have said it. Yeah. I think that's, that's the most accurate representation of Jason. <laughs> it's it's not. That was <laughs> uh, we can say that because we love him. Yes. It's much like the modern representations of ancient gods. Not exactly what they were like at all. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do some research and find out what they were all about. Yeah, do your research on Jason. And I know that it's criticisms and positives. I did some positives in my criticisms. But it was great fan fiction, super comedic in the sense that the premise was the God was ridiculous and that was the comedy that it needed instead of the witticisms. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not a critical reader of sorts. Maybe Alex and Ryan could give some some good feedback on this or anyone who's listening. Just, you know, get get in touch. Do you like American Gods? Do you think that was true to the to the style? That's what I was trying to do. The spaghetti monster had to come to America somehow. So, yep, got here somehow. All right, well, thanks me for that fan fiction. Oh, yes. I'm... Thanks me for listening to it. <laughs> Alex and Ryan do this cool bit at the end of their podcast where they ask each other what they're stoked on at the moment. <gasps> I thought we could do the same thing. <sighs> Audra, what are you stoked on right now? I think I'm stoked the most right now. About The Good Place. Hell yeah. The Good Place is back. For its final season? For its final season. I'm just generally stoked on stories that decide when their ending is on their own terms. Yep. So it's wonderful story, wonderful characters, wonderful questions about philosophy and life. And the story gets to end on its own terms. Which is just brilliant. Yeah. So a lot of people are sad that... Oh, it's the last season, but they get to tell the ending they want. Yeah. Instead of dragging out a sitcom for years on end, like most of them do. Yeah. So it like dips in one section and then everyone's excited about the final season 
just because it's the final season. Mm -hmm. And then it has like lots of schmaltzy moments, but then doesn't actually hit the emotional end points of the story. Looking at you, The Office. Yeah, looking at you, The Office. And I love you, but I'm looking at you with both eyes. (laughs) Yep. Could have ended three seasons sooner. Yep. Excited about The Good Place. Glow is also doing the same thing where they have a final season. Nice. Where they get to plan out the end. Wonderful. Amazing. Only in America would there be the problems of things not having the end they're supposed to because it's all money based and like how. Yeah. Yeah. The UK does set endings. Pretty much for everything. And like shorter amounts of episodes, but more things and they all have an ending that is appropriate. Pretty much. If you're going to get cancelled, you're told well in advance so you get the ending. It's not just like setting up a cliffhanger to see what happens. In the hopes that you'll get that final season. Matt. Yes. What are you stoked on? This week, I am stoked on professional wrestling, like I always am. Oh my god, me too. I didn't say anything professional wrestling based because I knew that you would. Look, everyone, you may have a preconceived notion of what professional wrestling is. Uh, You're probably wrong. It is live theater for the masses. It is... It's the greatest development in live theater since the amphitheater. Yep. Fight me. Yep. Well, they would in an amphitheater. Fake fight me. (laughs) It's... Just beautifully crafted soap opera style characters of a long form storylines. And it's kind of the industry's kind of hitting this big peak now where there's like new TV shows debuting on some cable channels, mm-hmm. uh, lots of stuff available online. There's just, there's so much going on. There has never been a better time to get into professional wrestling. It's like every person out there who thinks, oh, I just watched The Bachelor or this like scripted reality television show. Imagine those types of storylines, but with incredibly athletic people who do stunt fighting. Mm -hmm. And the key part for me as someone who loves narrative is they must be these characters 24-7 whenever they're in public. Yes. So it's like a constant live performance of these personas. And that to me is incredibly interesting. Mm -hmm. We went to even a local show. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. Respect women's wrestling. Yes. It was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of talent that is currently in the professional wrestling industry from WrestleMania down to... Your local independent? Yes. Well, we'll hand things back over to Alex and Ryan. Yes. If you you liked this, if you liked us, uh, you can check out our podcast, Drinkopedia. It's Mm -hmm. us two, but also with a third person. Mm -hmm. We're a drinking game where one person has a week to learn two topics, and on the podcast, they have to get drunk and teach those topics. It's drunk history, but the full curriculum. Everything that's on Wikipedia, which, you know, is Is everything. everything. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much your favorite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Drinkopedia Pod. Thank you again to Alex and Ryan for this time uh, to let us have some fun with an American Gods fan fiction. Uh, this podcast is amazing. We know if you're listening to this, you definitely support them already. Uh, but we encourage you to support them in whatever way you can in any way possible. Also, if you are a regular Drinkopedia listener who is listening to this for the first time, go back, listen to their entire back catalog. It's great content. 